Hello, I'm Zef Neuwirth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, and bold solutions on how to advance the creation of a customer-oriented value-based system of care. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or any organization. Folks, this is the first podcast of 2019. It's the second week of January, the beginning of a brand new year, and I think we're off to a great start. The topic we're going to be discussing today uh, on this podcast is incredibly timely. It's a perennial topic and a perennial challenge this time of year. People have made their New Year's resolutions, trying to get a fresh start, setting goals for themselves, establishing new habits, already thinking and looking forward to the spring and the summer, getting into better shape, looking better, feeling better. I think most of us can relate to that. And, and it's not just about eating healthy or exercising. It's really about getting motivated and staying motivated, about how not only to begin, but to sustain those new behavior changes and make them into habits. Uh, so along these lines, this week's podcast is about how we engage in healthful behavior change. And in this case, we are going to be talking about uh, eating healthier. Uh, but we're going to be focusing on it in a very, very different way through the process of design thinking and with an understanding of how our brains work. Our guest today, in fact, refers to this as compassionate design. So I'd like to introduce you to, well, actually reintroduce you to Dr. Kyra Bobinet. Uh, Kyra and I recorded a podcast uh, almost a year ago. It was episode uh, number 21, posted on January 20th of 2018. And I would definitely urge you to uh, go back and take a listen to that one as well. By way of introduction, Dr. Kyra Bobinet has devoted her life's work to cracking the code of why we engage in our health. She's a national speaker, best-selling author on this topic. She's also the CEO and, and founder of Engaged In, a neuroscience behavior design firm, which uses neuroscience to make behavior change products such as apps. Prior to forming her own company, she served as an executive at Aetna, where she designed large-scale wellness programs for Fortune 500 companies. Kyra is the author of a book, Well-Designed Life, 10 Lessons in Brain Science and Design Thinking for a Mindful, Healthy, and Purposeful Life. Uh, she and her work have been featured by the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, and National Public Radio. She earned her medical degree at UCSF School of Medicine, a master's in public health from Harvard, where she also received uh, an Innovator Award in 2015. Now, uh, folks, this interview was recorded just last month uh, in December of 2018. And I just want to say this before we begin. It, it was so much fun uh, speaking once again to Kyra. She is so passionate about this issue of behavior change. And it's clear that it's, it's not just a profession for her. This is very personal and she's incredibly passionate about it. And what's refreshing is that she doesn't approach it from the typical kind of scientific or mechanical way. She's combining the science of behavior change and neurophysiology along with the art of design thinking. And then she adds her tremendous skills as a digital technologist. But what I appreciate most about Kyra and her approach is that it's non-blaming, it's empathetic, and it's a really humanistic way to think about behavior change. And let me just, before we dive in, let me just share one other thing uh, personally about this. I, I was so taken by what she shared with me um, that uh, I actually made my two children, ages 12 and 14, sit down and listen to this episode to really better understand this issue of motivation about how not to give up on something you start. Um, I've already shared it with a couple of close friends as well, even before it was posted. That's, that's how important um, this message is, at least to me. So without further ado, let's drop uh, right into the conversation that Kyra and I had. 
So, Kyra, thanks for joining us today and um, love to cover a whole bunch of stuff. But why don't we jump into your new app, this Fresh Try. And if you could just start by telling us a little bit about what the app is and what it does. Sure. So Fresh Try is a sort of new approach to behavior change that we were fortunate enough to co-develop with Walmart. Um, you know, Walmart has a really interesting, many layers of its brand, but but there is a really sincere and really imaginative and creative and innovative arm around the, the people side of the business. And they had asked us to basically go on a journey with them and do a kind of bottom-up design around how people's brains work and how uh, the behaviors, the natural behaviors were existing in their associates. And, you know, given that they have a million and a half associates, or a million and a half million associates, we were very excited about the opportunity to, you know, design something this amazing, you know, so Fresh Try is kind of the, the culmination of about two years of work so far. So, so did, did Walmart come to you and say, we want some help with our employees or did you come to them or how did that even, how did that conversation or collaboration even start? Sure. Sure. So, um, we basically met at, uh, David and I met, who is my, my partner on the Walmart side. Uh, he saw me give a keynote during the time that I was promoting my book, Well-Designed Life. And he really liked the idea that you could predict what was going to happen in somebody's reaction or what they would and wouldn't do based on how the brain science works. And he's like, we got to do something because you know, he, he has a quantum physics issue. You know, he can't pay the sort of normal, you know, disease management, $3 per person per month type of things to help uh, his population, A, because there's so many of them and B, because it just, it doesn't work. You know, we, we know that a lot of these things don't work. And so he was looking for something more science-based, more efficacious. He saw my talk, he approached me, we had this kind of infamous lunch over Peruvian food in San Francisco at the Embarcadero and really started to dream. You know, we just really started this. And, and his, his statement was, you know what, Kyra, if we're going to break it, let's break it all. Wow. What did he mean by that? I think what he meant was you and I both know, you know, because I had come from Aetna in the care management area, which covers all of, you know, uh, disease management, care management, wellness programs, that kind of thing. And when I was there, I mean, I definitely took an efficacy approach, you know, by putting in the mindfulness program, and whatnot, just because the stuff that was in stress reduction was just laughable, you know, in terms of the, the data and the efficacy, it just wasn't even there. So we both had that same view. He came from um, corporate wellness uh, programs, interventions before that. And so we really just compared notes on, you know, you know, we both know it's broken. We both know that so many things are not working about this. And it's this big, you know, emperor has no clothes on game that, you know, everybody's playing. And how do we get real with ourselves, with the science and with, you know, the associates and really serve people? Right. So uh, again, you, you, you've lived in this world of, of uh, care management and wellness yep. and coaching for quite a few years. And so, yep. uh, so what you're saying is the basis is that what we, what we've been doing for years and what many are still continuing to do is just not working. And people are, like you say, they're paying dollars per employee per year for all kinds of services. And there's just not evidence that it works. Is that, is, is that right? Yeah. And so what happens is that, you know, here's the game, right? You have uh, a, a large employer who pays a ton of money. You know, usually it's some rider with their medical plan in general on wellness and you know, very well-meaning, very, 
you know, noble goals. And then they've got all kinds of vendors that they have to, sh- to choose from and shop from. And then those vendors do their very best um, to try to reach the employees and engage them and try to change behavior, you know, with their particular solution. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just been really, really a difficult task. It's almost like an impossible task given how things are structured and how things are designed. And what I mean by that is, you know, the employers on their side of the equation have uh, very little reach into the employee population. You know, the communications, they're, they're facing the same, you know, kind of distraction <laughs> levels that we all are, that all, you know, people reaching consumers are. And so, you know, one more message, right, to the employees to get them to even be aware of these opportunities. And then on the employee's side, you know, they, they may not trust the employers or they may not feel like what they're being asked to do is exactly what is what is important to them and, and what will be effective for them or what fits their lifestyle or what they're interested in. You know, these, these step challenges, maybe those are selecting for more extroverts, you know? And so then it just kind of balloons out from there. There's more things added on to a broken system and more and more and more. Let's, let's create platforms of all kinds of things. And so now we have this mall of wellness and uh, solutions and they're all struggling to get a, you know, traction. So it's just this whole thing. Right. And, And then, then I fire you, you know, so now I'm an employer and I fire you in year two because you didn't deliver me the results in year one. And so there's a lot of kind of turnover of even vendors and, and right. solutions. So, right. you know, right. how it goes. yeah, yeah, no, no, I think, no, but thank no, no, I, I, I've been, I've it's been, crazy. It's a it, crazy game. Uh, it's, it's exactly as you describe it and people buy it. It doesn't work. Uh, then they buy the next one and it doesn't work. So there you are at this infamous lunch, uh, in the Embarcadero and, um, you're talking to David and I've heard a bit about him and he's, he's done some interesting work um, there at Walmart. So what about, what about your approach before we get to, and we're going to get to your, your app and how it works and what it does and what it's focused on. And I've got a whole bunch of questions about it that I, I want, I want to share. I want you to, to respond to and I want to share with the listeners, but, but before we get into that, what about, and I imagine people are listening to this and asking themselves, what about your approach, the underlying approach? And what did you say to David that made him think like, wow, this is different. You're different. Your approach is different. We can build something different that doesn't repeat the same cycle that we know doesn't work. Yeah. So I think that it was a, it was a bunch of things, you know, uh, in terms of the, the different snapshots, if you will, on the neuroscience side that, uh, we use as tools to approach a problem. So what we did was we went into three states and we went into Walmart stores and we basically observed and then interviewed um, so, so we kind of secret shopper observed the behaviors that did and didn't exist because we didn't want to buy people selling us on how healthy they were if they knew you were asking about health, you know, and we call that performing to the test, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of unconscious mind, unconscious shaping, there's environmental design, those kinds of things that are basically determinant of what behaviors will and won't happen so that we really check ourselves on behavior fantasy, I call it, you know, in, in our idealistic clinical minds, you know, Behavior changers, innovators tend to, uh, if anything, default to behavior fantasy of, oh, wouldn't it be great if people did this? And then they build the thing and no one comes or no one does the thing, you know? So it's, it's a sobriety check, if nothing else. So we did that. And then we talked to the associates. We, you know, really asked them questions that were, um, driving at the kind of natural health behavioral targets, almost like, you know, for those of us on the listening side who are 
uh, you know, educated in science, there's receptors on cells, right? So where are the receptors that are reachable if you design something to trigger that receptor? And one of those, uh, there was 10 of them that we found in the stores that were possible, we call behavior behavior targets, right? These are behaviors that are naturally existing in nature with real people that are feasible, that are active in their daily lives. And we kind of filtered for which one was like the strongest one, which one was the most, you know, daily and most non-stigmatized. So even if you have a high signal around people's depression or people's stress or things like that, it may be too sensitive. It may be too tender uh, and it may be inappropriate for the employer to just go for it, you know, just go right there. Uh, Cause you know, like a sea anemone, it'll just shrink right up, you know, close right up uh, before you even get there. So, so food was the sort of lowest hanging fruit of the bunch of the 10 and we designed it to really be a food uh, behavior change approach. And at, the more we thought about it, the more we you know worked on it, the more we realized that we needed to create something that would develop habits around food. Because what matters to people is that they're able to get to a place where what they're doing that is the good thing that they're doing becomes automated and mindless. They don't want to have to count and track and measure and and spend so much cognitive energy every single day. I mean, yeah, there's there's a phase that we all go through where we have to put the we have to output that energy in the process and we have to be supported and kept hopeful and and kept iterating through that process. But at the end of the day, where we want to land is I want to do this in my sleep. Mm-hmm. So there are there are lots of coaching that goes on sure. around food. What once you decided that was going to be the the low hanging fruit, <laughs> um, no pun intended, right? The low hanging fruit, and you decided you could you, that was a, something that that you could tackle and people would respond to and wouldn't shrink away from. What what made your approach to dealing with that, to creating it and making it to have it different than you know the usual coaching thing? Where, where do you come from in terms of? you know, helping people change behaviors. Sure, sure. Well, well, there was one thing that we did in the lead up to this in our research. In addition to the in-store stuff, we actually interviewed dozens of folks across the associate population who had changed their behavior. So these are folks that kind of, you know, by hook or by crook made it through the gauntlet of behavior change and sustained that behavior change for two plus four plus years, you know, so, so what we consider clinically a, a long-term change and sustained change. And we wanted to kind of unpack what is it that they were doing differently? You know, how, how are they different from other people? You got to figure for every one of them, there's anywhere from a hundred to a thousand people who tried the same thing and never made it through, you know, and, and they, they think they failed and then they, they stop trying, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we solve that problem of stopping trying? We look at the people who made it. And what they all had in common was only one thing. It's that they had an iterative mindset. And, and in our first conversation that you and I had on your podcast, we talked about this, like thinking like a designer, people who think like a designer or people who don't. So it's a very similar concept. What they would do, what the successful people would do is they would practice something so they would try something like, let's say, uh, switch out, you know, beef, uh, for turkey, 
lean turkey and making hamburgers or whatever. And then they would, they would basically practice that on a regular basis until they got a little confidence built up or a little hope built up. Hey, I can get myself to do this. All right. This is kind of working, you know, and they felt a little positive about it. Then they would start to do the next thing. And what separated them from everybody else is that if they tried something and it didn't work, they would iterate. And this is, again, going back to our conversation from before, the iteration piece was the magical pill, right? That if somebody can keep iterating and not feel like they failed and not hit that part of your brain, the habenula that counts failure and then kills your motivation to try again, that seemed to be the, the main active ingredient of success. So then we knew what we had to do. We had to make the people who didn't think like that and didn't approach it that way behave like and adopt the the successful recipe of the people who did. Okay, so so pause the story. This is a great story. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my chair. I'm, I'm as excited about it. Like, you know, I've been looking for three decades for this thing, you know? I'm excited. So, so as the Habenula, so you, you told me about that last time we spoke and, and sure. um, could you just, for, for those of us who, uh, who are listening, who haven't heard you describe what that does and the importance of it in behavior, um, could you just say something about that? Absolutely. So, you know, newly characterized function of the habenula, which is within the thalamus, um, and very tiny area of the brain, but, you know, it, it, part of its function is to measure failure and to, you know, register failure. So it helps us in the sense that if I touch the stove, I don't want to keep touching the stove and burning my hand. Uh, the second thing that it does then is that once I touch the stove, it lowers or depletes or downregulates my motivation to try that thing again. And so when it comes to dangerous things that we really should avoid from now on, uh, it's our best friend. When it comes to behavior change and not getting it right the first time, it's our worst enemy. So we have to then reframe and restory the message we're telling ourselves, and this is the trick, right? This is what makes this different. Um, if I tell myself that I've failed, then I will subconsciously kill my motivation to try again. And it sounds something like this in all of our interviews, been there, done that. Nothing ever works for me. I've tried everything. Those are really indicative statements of a person who has, metaphorically speaking, been scarred you know, by their habenula or in their habenula. And I actually call them habenula scars because it helps us to design around them. That's wild. So, so you, you had had this understanding, you did these interviews and you were seeing exactly what you suspected playing itself out. The people who were successful were sidestepping the habenula um, failure mode. They were not seeing things as failures they were just seeing them as, oh, that didn't work. Let me try something else. And so I, I think you've used this, and I've heard other um, behavioral scientists use this term, like almost like uh, behavior architecture um, or behavior design. In, behavior design. Mm-hmm. Behavior design is what you, you use. And so these people who were successful were, were framing themselves as behavior designers. And as opposed to, I tried something, it didn't work. Um, you know, I suck, right? They may or may not. You know, the the other thing that taught me something in doing this with real people and many, many people is that one size does not fit all, right? So these these um solutions that basically say, okay, 
you know, here's what successful people do. Do exactly what they do. Tell yourself this or, you know, positive affirmation thinking or keep a diary or whatever that is. What I, what I came to appreciate is the diversity of approaches that serve the same function, but fit, fit each person differently and appeal to different people, men, women, older, younger, Kansas, you know, Michigan, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. It was just so specific to the person. And so I came to the conclusion that what matters is that you just have to have a human in effort. And that became the target. So how do we, how do we organize something with fresh try uh, that really lays out human effort and, and things that people have tried in a way that pre-sorts and pre-curates things that have been effective versus not. So now you're playing in a, in a only can win environment. And then you're having people draw, you use their curiosity and their affinity to pick and build the practice or the habit that they feel drawn to and that they feel like they could get themselves to do. And then if they're wrong, walk them through the iterative mindset of, no, that wasn't a failure. That was a learning, you know, that, that was an experiment Um, and just really reframe it so that they keep going. And all I care about right these days is keeping people in effort. That's, that's it. Uh, That's the human in effort thing you're talking about. Yep. Just keep them trying, keep them in effort. That's all I care about right now. That's the clinical target as far as I'm concerned, because everything else, you know, once people are, are, able to stay in effort and stay trying, they are so smart at figuring out what will work for them. They're, you know, people, no matter what their life station is, it's not a matter of education. People are clever. They'll figure it out. They, they, they do. The only thing that stops them is this emotional story of, oh, it didn't work. Oh, I'm a failure. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, like it didn't reach my goal. I, I, re- I really wish we could ban the word goal from from the lexicon because it is the most toxic word in behavior change because because it it sets up this expectation around outcome which is so toxic and which which is so perfectly suited for the habenula to shut us down you know to kill our motivation um in and and goals are good actually for five percent of people mm-hmm an expert in your domain. Um, you know, and, and you may, let's say you're a cyclist and you're a world-class cyclist. If I say, okay, Zab, your goal is now to cut your time by 5%, you would eat that up. You would be inspired, mm-hmm. right? Because you mm-hmm. know that it's really within your reach. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who is coming off a couch, who has no athletic background, no self-image around that, and I say, get on a bike and do this, set a goal for yourself, that is like the biggest setup in the world. That It's just bound to fail. And then once it fails, I will have killed that person's um, ability to try anything else. Well, you know, what's interesting about that too, in some of the work I've done in the past is that the the opposite works in that if you reach your goal, then you're done. And it... As opposed to what I think you're saying, and I, it's it almost reminds me of what coaches used to say to me all the time. And you know, it, it, don't look at the scoreboard. You know, yeah. play the game. The game is what it's about. Um, right. You know, you play to win, but you're you're playing the game, and you're you're saying just stay in the game, um, yeah. right? Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Fascinating. And and what you, what I'm hearing, just let me know if I've got this right. 
what you're saying is that the mechanism or the words or the narrative or the story that people have to tell themselves to stay in the game may be different. So what may keep you in the game may be different than what I need to say to myself. Is that, is, is that what you're saying? Yeah. And even more meta than that, some people like to say things to themselves. Some people like to put a poster up. Some people don't want any of that nonsense. They just want to work on the next experiment and setting up the next experiment. So there's all kinds of just creature habits that we need and diversity that we need to pick from to build our own, you know, and, and get to know ourselves in this way. Like what's going to work for me? You know, I, I use fresh try every day and Mm. I'm amazed at that because I'm not trying to uh, be somebody in the world who can say, Hey, I use my own product every day. I've never used any of the products that I have ever designed or built every day. Um, but the reason why I use it is because it actually works for me. And, and, you know, not to say the version we have out right now would work for everybody. I know how it works. I know how it, how it's supposed to work for your brain. And so I kind of fill in right now for the, the sort of ugly baby that we have out in the store and that we're building another version and releasing more and more and things like that. So we're on this whole thing. But, um, but I use it every day because I actually feel like I'm giving myself credit for, and and it helps me to kind of mirror back, Hey, how good was I at picking out what I could do? Or am I sabotaging myself right now? Am I rebelling against myself right now? Mm. You know, for example, I just got to the ability to control my portions for, for months. Every time I would try something around my food habits that had anything to do with food portions, mm-hmm. I would rebel like crazy mm. and I would not do it. And then I would just like see all this weird behavior. Like I would binge and I would, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was hitting some sort of emotional trigger that I didn't know really existed in this very innocent effort to try to, you know, eat less or only eat till I'm 75% full. I just unpacked all these childhood issues, I think. Right. <laughs> it's right. amazing. Wow. So, so how, if, if, uh, if I, uh, is it it downloaded? Is is it, is it a downloadable app? Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, I'm just, I'm just wondering how, how does it work? How, how would, if, if I or someone else downloaded it, what does it look like? How do we use it? Yeah. So right now we've got V1 in the, in the app store, we've got V2 coming out, uh, in a couple of weeks. And so, you know, that's, that's great. Um, for the January one rush. And, you know, basically it's in both Google play as well as the, uh, Apple app app store. And so both formats and you would go to freshtry.com if you can't find it in the app store and it's fresh and T R I try. So it's available to not just, uh, Walmart employees or associates. It's available to anybody. That's right. So Walmart wanted it to be open source, the sort of base model to be open source to the public. Hmm. And, you know, that, that helps both the associates as well as their families to play together, hmm. as well as the community members. You know, Walmart has basically 90% of the U.S. shops at Walmart. I did not know this. Yeah. And, um, and so it's pretty much a scalable uh, public health entity, you know, if, if people can, um, you know, give it a go and, and, you know, start to practice with it. Mm -hmm. So, so I've, I've downloaded it. I've got the Mm -hmm. app. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want to work on, uh, eating, I don't know, let, how about get real? I can get real here. I want to work on less, (laughs) um, less chocolate. Uh, 
and um, more fruit. Um, so, uh, so I, I, what I'm worried about right now, what's going on in my, my head is, are you going to hold me to this next time we talk? Uh, so, uh, but I'm trying not to trigger my habenula. Isn't so. that interesting? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. That habenula is very, it's maybe so tiny. inner dialogue going on. A lot. Um, yeah. So, so what do I, what do I do on the app? What does it look like? What does it ask me to do? How do I do that sort of thing? Yeah. So it walks you through what we call a try, which is three things. What I'm going to try, why I'm going to try it, i.e. my motivation, and how exactly I'm going to do it. So um, what we found in people who successfully found their thing and practiced it is that it every single practice that worked had these three elements to it. And anytime it didn't work, it's because one of those was broken. So the what I'm going to try could be too broad. You know, it could be I'm going to try eating healthy. And then, you know, the next day nothing happens, right? Because it's too much. It's just too, it's oh, everything kind of situation, right? Um, the why, you know, maybe people pick, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to um, drink more water. But that really wasn't what they cared about. And so it was such a weak motivation that the rest of their world just, you know, and all their kids and obligations just ran roughshod over their little tiny why, you know, and then the how, you know, some people might be good at the what and the why, but the how isn't, you know, crispy enough. It's not, it's not specific enough to even, you know, have a plan or, or do something differently. And so it's kind of like, I imagined that I would do this, but I didn't exactly know how I would do it. So it doesn't happen. Right. And so between all those three coming together, that's a full practice. That's, that's kind of a really honest, good unit of habit that you can start to practice and build on over time. Well, that's great. Um, so I would, I would, I would put in what I want to do, which is I want to eat less chocolate or stop eating chocolate. Why I want to do it because it uh, makes me feel tired afterwards and uh, I'm gaining weight. And then I, then I have to put in how, which mm-hmm. might be something like um, I'm not going to buy chocolate. So we won't have it in the house. It won't be in the cupboard and in the kitchen. And um, I'll have uh after dinner, instead of the chocolate, I'll have uh, a piece of fruit or something. Is that, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So every, every, you know, there, there's basically menus. So the top menu of the what's were uh, crowdsourced from thousands and thousands of people who answered the question, what do you want to do for your, you know, to eat healthier? And those are the categories they came up with. So it's almost like family feud, you know, top, top answers, right? Hmm. Um, and then the why is your own. You write that yourself and we get everything from, you know, I just want to feel better to I just diet was diagnosed with diabetes or I just lost my husband or what we really intense things to really light fare. Um, and then the how every single how that we have on the menu is crowd is sourced from. Uh, efficacy studies in the scientific literature. So we did a full scientific review, uh, literature review of all the science on food behaviors, food related behaviors. We picked things that were kind of the, the winning horses in, uh, comparative analyses, meta analyses, review studies. You know, we've got a pretty robust science team here. And we boiled up just the ones that were associated with uh, clinical outcomes. So either weight loss or 
uh, hemoglobin A1C reductions. Those were kind of our filters. And so everything you see in there, even though it seems so simple and innocent, is actually worth your time. It's actually something that if you do that thing, it will, you know, it may not be everything in the world because research doesn't find everything, but each one of those is an active ingredient, if you will, in behavior change. So you can trust them. So you, so you, the fresh try app has the, what, like that I can pick from a menu and it has the, once I pick the, what it'll give me a menu of how's to do it. Yeah. Do it. Yep. Uh, it'll give you a chance to write your, your why, and then it will give you a menu of how's that have been vetted scientifically. Okay. okay. And then on the back of your card that then you have a try and on the back of the little try card that you're practicing, uh, which is a cute little hexagon that you tap to kind of count the number of times you do it. There is this ideas page and the ideas actually were vetted from or crowdsourced from the Walmart associates who had successfully changed their lives. So for example, if it was, you know, replace uh, dessert with fruit, then all the things that, you know, derivations of that, that they had figured out, you know, that they were so clever to do and, and hacks and things like that were, are, are grouped under that category so that you may run out of ideas of how to do it for yourself, but then you can go to the wisdom of the crowd and see what other people have done that are kind of in that same vein that might give you new ideas to kind of freshen it up or add some variety or, or get unstuck. So so is that the idea? So I've, I've tried one and let's say, let's say I try uh, just not eating chocolate and not substituting anything else and it's not working. So yeah. you're saying, I just go back to the app and, and I've got other options, other, other hows to choose from. Yes. You pick a different how, and then you kind of just look at the ideas as inspiration of how, you know, how you might do it uh, a little differently or in a new way, you know, that you hadn't thought of before. This keeps you from having to like read all the magazines in the world and all the blog posts and, you know, Dr. Oz every day and all great tips, but, you know, nobody's ever kind of grouped them together in a way that's useful. So, you know, we basically, you know, basically did an efficacy pass on everything. Everything in there has either had to prove themselves through scientific studies and or, um, you know, real people at, at scale who have, you know, used it to change their daily lives. Now, now how how would I know how long I should try a, a design or one of the hows that I picked off of the catalog there on fresh try before I, I say, no, you know, I, this is not working for me. I want a different approach and I'll go back on is, is that up to me to just decide I've tried it for a day or I've tried it for a week or I've tried it for a month or does it, does it give me, am I recording things along the way every day or how does it work? So you're just basically doing a single tap right now to kind of credit yourself. Like I did it, you know, every day, a little, little pat on the back. Well, you can do it whenever you want. Um, you could do it at the end of the week. Um, it's set up to do, you know, six taps and then a reflection. Mm. Um, so you can do that in any order that you want. Like let's say you do something six times tomorrow because it's a very high frequency habit that you want to build up. Uh, then, you know, like maybe six glasses of water, right? Mm-hmm. You can use it for that. Uh, you can do it at any pace you want. We really wanted people to be in control of that. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that there are these kind of thresholds. For example, when you're actively trying a habit, it takes about, you know, um, 10 weeks to really appreciably hit this automaticity level where you don't have to think about it at all. 
Um, and so you start to get yourself to do it pretty regularly. Uh, it's not that there aren't stopping points where it gets easier and easier and easier before that 10 weeks, but this notion of, you know, the three weeks and then you've built a new habit is, is really hurting people because when they don't build a new habit in three weeks and they go back to their old habits, then they hate themselves and then they stop trying. Mm, that's great. How many people are currently using the Fresh Try app? Yeah, we have a couple thousand people right wow. now um, that are, you know, that are in the app. We have, you know, many planned activities with Walmart that I can't speak to that have to do with really rolling it out. You know, we're we're fast and furious building all of the sort of accoutrements of um, both compassion design, all these kind of, you know, uh, assistance type things to make it easier and more simple and more understandable for even the question you just asked about, like, when am I, you know, how long should I be doing this? You know, those kinds of subtleties uh, are on a roadmap. And, you know, as you may know, with product development, it just takes time to really birth those into reality. So, it's this real sort of race against time that we're in to get it more and more and more and more into people's hands as well as more and more and more and more useful and helpful to them. Um, but we definitely are on a good uh, clip towards that end. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I, I, I mean, this is the way products are put out there, version 1.0, and the more people that use them, the more feedback you get, the faster you iterate. And uh, no, it makes perfect sense. Um, I love it. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm as soon as we're well, done- we have- we have a really high conversion rate for where we huh. are, you know, like we're, we're this baby, you know, technology. I, I'm not, I, I don't mean to underplay it, but I, but I'm, I have a very high standard for when something is, is completely done. So, you know, January of 2019 is when I really feel like uh, we're going to be over the hill in terms of uh, more features that will help support somebody in the full experience. Uh, but, you know, for right now, again, we've got a bunch of people who, you know, love it and um, who are actively using it and including myself, you know, it kind of uh, endeared itself to me. And, you know, the, the amazing thing about that is that people get it. Like when, when we, when people download the Fresh Try, we have a very high conversion rate. So it's making sense, even in its current form, and it's just going to get better. You know, so that's exciting for me. Yeah, no, I could hear it in your voice. Do you, <laughs> do you have, do you have, um, no, I'm excited for you. Uh, do you have, um, do you have any data yet on results or outcomes that you could speak to, or is it still too early? Well, only the, only the data of how it was designed, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, did early prototypes. We were able to show that with this model, we were able to, uh, very quickly get somebody to exhibit and, and inhabit that iterative mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, you know, playing this game or, or doing fresh try will automatically shape your mindset towards the correct mindset. And we proved that early on, which then gave us the green light from Walmart to go ahead with an app development to, to go forward with that and explore that and further uh, develop the metaphor that people needed to, to go in this direction. So we do have kind of statistically significant um, data uh, that we were able to accomplish that, but we haven't yet, you know, it's too early to go into full scale clinical studies. Although we are doing a program in the beginning of 2019 to start to measure some of those, uh, you know, weight loss and those sorts of endpoints. Yeah. Uh, So I'm, 
I'm dying to uh, geek out with you here and dive into some of the design. But I'm, I'm, well, <laughs> I don't want to do that because I'm going to start to bore everyone. And I'm also dying to <laughs> I ask think they're you. with us. I think they're, they're those people too. <laughs> well, <laughs> my guess. Yeah. And, well, I'm also dying, dying to, 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 to discover what else you're working on with Walmart and where it's going. But I know you can't, you can't talk to that. Not yet. Maybe, maybe the third, maybe the third appearance on your, on your podcast yeah. or something. Yeah, no, let's do it. it. Um, let me, let me, uh, let me switch gears because I, I think if we get into too much in design, it's um, maybe, maybe we'll do that another time. But I do, I do want to ask a question. You know, I, I read uh, as I was prepping for our conversation. You know, I read some of the material online, and there was that PR announcement from the September when it was launched, the uh, uh, September eighteenth, two thousand eighteen, and it said press try is specifically designed to steer around brain areas that hurt motivation to remove feelings of failure and self-blame from a person's behavior change efforts. It guides users to practice what they feel most motivated to try from a catalog of behaviors that have demonstrated success for others like them. And those words, uh, you know, areas that hurt your motivation, remove uh, feelings of failure and self-blame, uh, you know, guide users to things that they're most made of, motivated about. So that, to me, I read that and I read, I, I, I saw you in that, uh, in, in that description. And, and so I, I guess the question I really want to ask is, what's motivating you to do this? Why, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it this way? What's, what's underlying this whole thing? I want to be more effective. I have, I care that people feel power in themselves and, and that they feel good about their efforts. And what I see is a world of hurt. I feel like the entire diet industry, uh, most of the healthcare industry makes people feel bad about themselves. What a horrible experience that is, you know? And, and you know, you know, as a clinician and myself as a clinician, you talk to people all the time who uh, try something, fail, hate themselves, uh, feel embarrassed to tell their health coach or their, you know, their doctor that they didn't do the thing that they said they would, um, f- secretly feel, uh, locked in a body that they don't like, that they don't feel comfortable in, uh, all of these, all this suffering, you know, it's just so much suffering mm-hmm. and, and this whole world of tracking your steps and, and goals and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's careless and, and, and counting your calories and points, whatever that is, it's careless that we're not, thinking about the ramifications of how the brain is processing all of that and, and the sort of secret goals that people have, um, the secret deadlines they put on themselves, the secret interpretations of their own self-worth should something go one direction or the other. I just want to stop all that madness. And, and I think that, you know, whoever's listening to this conversation, I want to inspire you to do it this way too. copy this. You know, I, the reason why I'm on this podcast is to share this recipe with the world because I can't do this alone. I want a army of people who understand this, who can in their own work to be better at what they do, because it's going to take all of us to pull this, pull in this direction and to do things according to how science and nature are going, you know, and, and to not buck that anymore and to really design for it. Well, I, for one, Kara, I want to join you. <laughs> <laughs> you already are. 
You already are. We're, we're already on the same team. And, and so many people, I, 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 I'm willing to bet that every person who's listening right now is actually that same person. I, I and so, so it takes all of us to kind of go uh, to disrupt this together. Mm, that's well said. You know, I'm, I want to be mindful of the time. It, it, it feels like we've been on for five minutes, but I, I think it's uh, close to an hour. So wow. Um, I know I, it really does feel like five minutes. I'm um, so I, I want to say that we're going to continue the conversation in a few months. Um, and um, in the meantime, I, I just so love the approach. Uh, first of all, I love why you're doing it, what you're trying to do for, for people and for humanity, the approach you're taking, uh, the science and rigor that you bring to it, um, even the, the demand you, you, you place on yourself to make it really usable for people um, and easy for people. Uh, and um, can't say enough, I'm, I'm going to actually go check it out myself. And um, I really, really look forward to speaking with you. And uh, again, just it's, it's just such a pleasure um, to have the opportunity to speak with you. I'm going to give you the last word. Is there anything you want to say? You know, I, I just, I just want to have everybody design for, you know, the brain and, and that's all I care about. And cause I think that if we just point in that direction, that people will figure it out. There's so many smart people on this podcast and listening and, I, I'm with you and I just, I think we can all do it together. So, you know, let's go out there and, and, and really challenge ourselves to design for how the brain actually works. Said like a true scientist um, <laughs> and, and a humanist. Uh, Kyra, it's, it's been a pleasure and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, Zeb. Folks, I sincerely hope you've enjoyed this dialogue and benefited from it as much as I have. Such an incredibly important topic, not just for our physical health, but our lives in general. I, I really love some of the concepts that Kyra introduced to us today. Now, it sounds like Kyra is not only working on this Fresh Try app, but she's also working on other projects with Walmart. Uh, we plan to record an other, another interview sometime soon in the next few months to follow up, and I'm really looking forward to it. As always, I would be delighted to hear your feedback on this podcast as well as others. So please email me or connect with me via LinkedIn or Twitter. And as always, please don't hesitate to share this podcast with uh, your colleagues, friends, and family. As an aside, and I, I would like to mention, if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode number 53, the last one that I recorded in 2018 on December 19th, I would urge you to do that. It's um, about year-end reflections and also focuses on emerging trends in the market. It was a much shorter podcast, about 20, 25 minutes long. I'd definitely like to hear your thoughts if you get a chance to pull it up and listen to it. And I want to thank those of you who have already responded to that podcast. One of my New Year's resolutions is going to be uh, to begin recording shorter interviews, largely in response to some of your suggestions. We'll give that format a try, and I'll be very interested in hearing your continued feedback. As always, I am compelled to conclude each podcast episode with a special note of gratitude to all of you out there who are either directly providing care to patients or supporting others in providing care. You're doing the hard and important work each and every day of taking care of others, and we all greatly appreciate it. This is Zev Newworth. You've been listening to Creating a New Healthcare. Until next time, be well.